Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number 34 of Off the Block Swimming Podcast, Australia and New Zealand's number one swimming podcast. Thank you all for downloading our show today, wherever you are listening. I'm your host, Robbie Cox. So excited to keep our New Zealand week going today with our next special guest, but before we do that, I did promise you a very big announcement surrounding the podcast and Ed's End Swimming, so here it is. In season three of Off the Block Swimming Podcast, which is only now about six weeks away, we'll be dedicating one show per week for our New Zealand listeners and we'll be interviewing NZ's brightest stars and legends right here on the show. So much talent over there at the moment, and I'm absolutely over the moon that I'll be able to bring you their stories in season three, along with our fantastic sponsor, of course, Arena NZ. More on season three and its exciting changes in the coming weeks, so also stay tuned for that. For today, though, let's move on to our special guest, World Championship medalist, 2019 NZ Swimmer of the Year, and one of New Zealand's biggest stars at the moment in the pool, Mr. Lewis Clairbert. In this podcast, we discuss Lewis' uncanny ability to always be able to rise to a challenge, what motivates him, and his 2019 World Championship experience, as well as a whole lot more. So adjust your volume, put your feet up and get comfy, because Ep 34 with Lewis Clairbert starts now. Away they go. No problems with the start. There is two 100s in the second in it. Gary Hall Jr., the extrovert, and Ian Thorpe battling it out down the pool. Thorpe is starting to go away from him. Oh, he's blowing him away now. Thorpe's gone more than a metre on Van der Nurkens' hand. But the signature of all eyes is the great Madam Butterfly, Susie O'Neill. He's coming back. Oh, he surely can't do it to him again. Chavis in the white hats. Phelps in the black hats. And Phelps has got it. I cannot believe he's done that. Thorpe's in front. Thorpe on the hall. Thorpe goes in. Australia win. Joining me today on the show from across the ditch in New Zealand is a man who at last year's World Championships in South Korea swam a huge PB to claim bronze in the 400 individual medley. He was also a Commonwealth Games medalist from 2018 on the Gold Coast and last year was once again named New Zealand Swimmer of the Year. It is a massive welcome to Off the Block Swimming podcast to NZ star of the pool, Mr. Lewis Clairbert. Lewis, how are you, mate? I'm great, thanks. How are you, buddy? And I'm very good, um, very good, very happy to to be chatting with you today, mate. Now, listen, obviously, everyone knows where I am in Sydney. Where have we caught you today? Um, I have just left my bed, actually, mm. um, in my freezing cold house of Wellington, uh, and I'm sitting up at my desk right next to my heater. <laughs> right next to the heater. Now, does the does the electricity bill go right up through winter? I know I've only been to New Zealand once. I was down in Christchurch and, and it was a bit nippy. It was a bit fresh. <laughs> um, yeah, so our gas and power shoots through the roof. I can tell you that much, but I'm lucky enough that I still live at home, so mum and dad still pay for that. <laughs> oh, very, very nice. Now, mate, after you know your awesome swim uh, last year at the World Champs, which I touched on, you know, you must have been buzzing for Tokyo this year, no doubt. How did you, you know, go with the the Olympics being pushed back? How did that affect you mentally? Yeah, I guess for me it was um, it was it's definitely disappointing knowing that you know this this it was going to be my first Olympics. It was going to be my first chance to 
to go to the games and I was going to get the tattoo and I was going to, you know, do all the, the classic things that yeah. what happens when, when you go to Olympics. Um, but, I, but for me, it was, I guess it benefits, um, I'm still young, you know, it benefits me because I'm, I've got age on my side. Mm-hmm. Another year would, would suit me. Um, and because I'm in New Zealand, you know, we, we didn't get hit as hard um, with the, the virus and everything. So, you know, we're already back in the pool training um, uh, to a point. Mm. So yeah, it's it's been it's been all good for me. Just disappointed that we couldn't couldn't get it done this year. Man, I know why you weren't hit as hard. Your prime minister very very smartly blocked all the Aussies from coming over and travelling to to New Zealand for a while, which I, I think was a very smart move. <laughs> yeah, we got sick of the accents. I think. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate, how how was training for you during COVID nineteen? I, I know, and we'll get to in a minute. You're still slowly starting to get back in, but you know while it was uh, at its peak and you weren't able to, you know, what did you get up to? Yeah, so um, I was lucky that I got a whole bunch of gym equipment from um, High Performance Sport New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So I got like a trap bar and a rowing machine and I got told that I needed to go for runs and all that stuff. So that probably lasted two weeks <laughs> in terms of rowing machine and running Yeah. Um, until I was shooting myself how boring it was <laughs> and then um but my my gym program um continued on through the whole whole time which was pretty good um i was pretty i was pretty consistent with that um but yeah i was just trying to i didn't really care about fitness i just wanted to maintain strength because i knew how hard it is getting back into the gym and st- that sort of stuff i don't think you're alone i, I haven't talk to many swimmers on the podcast that uh, have been enjoying the running side of things while while everything has been off that's for sure yeah yeah i've listened to a few and i know i've i've, I've definitely heard a few of the other athletes saying that they didn't enjoy it so i'm glad <laughs> <laughs> mate back in the pool now i saw on on instagram the other day must be cheering yeah yeah it's um it's pretty good to be back in the pool it's definitely doesn't feel as good as it it, it did you know, six weeks ago, but um, yeah, it's good just to be back and training and and getting the feel back for the water. In terms of being back, like, what are you up to? Is it one a day, two a day? Are you back to normal sessions? Yeah, so we've been um, given just morning sessions uh, for my squad. There's we've got a huge squad um, spread across the pool, so mm. we we were doing double lanes, so they they met our into double lanes for the first few weeks and now we're back to 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 the normal size so that's pretty good um but yeah just just once a day six six times a week and how have you been feeling um i think i think the biggest thing is the gym i'm still getting really like really sore from the gym so i was doing some pull-ups the other day eccentric pull-ups and i went jumped in the pool the next morning and I struggled, eh? It's <laughs> it's it's been it's been a mission just from just from the yeah the, the the pain of of getting back in the gym and getting back into the routine. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate, something I I like to do on the show is take all our guests back to the beginning, and I guess it gives us all a better appreciation for your career so far. So, what are your earliest memories of swimming as a youngster, and what drew you towards the pool? Yeah, so I guess um, for me, I started off swimming at tsw dolphins as a i don't know how old i was but i can remember uh, my coach uh steve francis i was i was in a group squad but i was the only one in this in the group so it was a pretty much a one-on-one coaching coaching um <laughs> training and he would get this little like 20 liter 
red box or whatever it is you put you put your storage stuff in and he would he'd make me sit in it and he'd push me down to the bottom of the pool mm-hmm. and and i'd see how long i could hold my breath i don't know how long i it was probably pretty useless but um <laughs> after every session that was that was the the highlight and that's yeah. that's the only part i can remember pretty much when i was i was really little yeah. um and then not too long later i um test w dolphins actually closed down so didn't last too long but yeah <laughs> Mate, growing up in New Zealand, you know, were there any other sports that you played? Obviously, you know, rugby is, is huge over there. Yeah, um, I did a whole bunch of things. I, I, I did. I played golf. I was pretty useless at that. Um, <laughs> I did cross country. Um, I did play a little bit of rugby. I was the halfback. I was didn't really grow properly until I was like sixteen. Yeah. And um, I did cycling, road cycling. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was pretty decent at that I I reckon, but that didn't last long either. And then, yeah, I did a whole bunch of random stuff, tennis. Yeah, but yeah, main the main one was definitely swimming, just just purely because um, both my older sisters did it, and I I guess I was pretty good as a youngster. Um, but then obviously, um, well, actually, not many people probably know that I I was a lake developer, so all the boys they all hit puberty pretty early and i was sort of left behind a little bit mm. but then somehow i caught up towards the end <laughs> mate how did that go playing halfback at rugby with with all the big boys did you get squashed oh i was a bit of a bit of a beast eh? <laughs> i like to think i was no i i i definitely had a few few tumbles yeah. me and me and my other mate were tackling this huge guy <laughs> and he went on one side i went on the other side and we both smacked heads and I mean, he got a black eye, and I didn't. So, I mean, I, I came out, I came out best on that situation. But yeah, it was it was definitely pretty rough. Um, there were it was all done on weight, but the weight was thrown out the door towards the end. You know, there was all about competition. It was and, and winning. We were pretty good, so um, a lot of the teams were were fighting to to beat us and um, sort of broke some of the rules to, to to beat us at the end. But but yeah, <laughs> it happens over here as well. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when, did, when did swimming though start to get a bit more competitive for you? So when did all those other sports slowly start to move away and and you focus purely in the pool? Um, high school, yeah. So when I I was doing like maybe five or six sports until I hit high school, and as soon as I hit high school, I um I decided that my goal was swimming, and I focused purely on swimming. Although the first day of high school um, wasn't wasn't a great start because I broke my arm. The first day of high school and you managed that <laughs> yeah well i mean it was three weeks before our national age groups and um i think i oh, actually i think it was four weeks before national age groups and i got my i got out of the cast like a couple of days before no i didn't do very well <laughs> <laughs> how did you come about that injury don't tell me it was rugby oh um it was we we're playing dodgeball mm-hmm. against the year 13s mm-hmm. and they i think it's in australia it's year 12 yeah. um grade 12 and uh one of the guys well we were it was like a back in the back when i was younger it was the whole thing was the year 13s had to like bully the year the, the year nines the little turds mm-hmm. they used to call us <laughs> um and one of them just absolutely palleted a ball at me and he, and he missed but there was like a metal goal um that was hanging up on a wall behind me 
and it, it fell over on top of me and I oh. yeah, clean break. Oh, I, I don't know what the break was, but I broke my arm. <laughs> oh, how unlucky. <laughs> Mate, talk to me about some of the heroes growing up. Like, were, were there any swimmers that, that you looked up to? Yeah, I guess for me, being in New Zealand, I was very sheltered from the international swimming community. Didn't know a whole bunch. You know, obviously everyone knows Michael Phelps and Ryan Lochte and all those sort of people, but I didn't really know anyone beyond them. Mm. Um, but in terms of New Zealand idols and people that I wanted to be like, I can remember watching Moss Burmester swimmers turn a butterfly at the 2008 Olympics. Mm-hmm. And we're pretty lucky because my school was real into sports. So we, we got to watch it during class. And um, from then on, and I think that's when I decided that I wanted to become Olympian because I saw him racing Michael Phelps in the Turner Butterfly, and he was winning, I think, the whole way into the last 50. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess part of my racing, I took inspiration from him. You know, he, he took it out hard. He 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 gave it everything in that, that first 150 metres, just couldn't quite bring it home. But, um, yeah, I guess that's my who my, I got inspired by um, originally, my mm-hmm. swimming career. Mm-hmm. Oh, Nice. Mate, at one stage in your career, you know, you were trying to make a national time or get on a, a junior team. Talk to me about some of the things mm. that you had to change before it all sort of t- started to click for you. I mean, some people, you know, up their sessions. Some people, you know, maybe started to make sure their nutrition was getting better or prehab type stuff. Were there things that you've learned along the way that you had to get right before it all clicked? Um. Yeah, I guess the biggest thing that I changed um, was in sort of 2016, um, and it was all just, guess con- I guess it was consistency, turning up to training. I had all these other sports going on at the same time, and when I decided to focus up on swimming, I could actually you know, nail down turning up to every session, and from there, it just skyrocketed. I, I, I don't really know what else I changed apart from I actually started turning up to trainings properly. <laughs> Mate, it's funny you say that. Um, just talking, obviously, uh, you would know I've had Bob Bowman on the on the podcast, and um, one thing he mentioned was, um, you know, he he and his program has a, like a, a list of of things you've got to uh, achieve, right? And the very very first one is turn up to training. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and he said you'd be surprised how many people are like, yeah, but see up here, I, I want that. It says you know Olympic medal or whatever it is. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Come right back to here. At number one, <laughs> and turn up to training first, and then everything else will, will take care of itself. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I mean, he's a legend, but I also agree with him. <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard not to. I mean, it's, it's hard to disagree with that logic. Mate, 2017, yeah. <laughs> you make uh, the Youth Commonwealth Games um, for New Zealand, obviously, and you go compete in the Bahamas, you lucky bastard. You come away yeah. with, uh, with seven medals. Talk to me about that trip for you. Yeah, I mean, it was my first ever, I guess, experience in a games environment with other sports apart from New Zealand. It was my second ever team being on the New Zealand team, so it was uh, it was pretty sweet for me. The, I guess, the most challenging part for me was the travel. We had to travel all the way from New Zealand, so mm. um, it was quite a long period of time. I know that the Aussies actually, one of their flights got cancelled, so they came like a day before the competition so we'd already we'd already been there for like a whole week living it up and they'd just come in completely tired and you know had a horrible travel over so they they actually struggled a lot but for me it was awesome i was 
I had my own coach there um, and I was living it up. I was just having fun. That's, I guess that's how I swim fast. I just have fun. And um, it was, I guess it was, it made me look better that a lot of the, the teams had sent their B teams, um, <laughs> their B country teams, because they all went to all the actual, um, actual teams went to um, junior worlds, which was only a couple of weeks later. But yeah, I mean, I swam, I was pretty stoked with my, my times and how I swam with my, I guess my program was pretty big um, at the time. So yeah, I was pretty stoked with how I went there. Mate, only a year later, and you compete in the Open Commonwealth Games on the Gold Coast and a huge PB in the 400 IM and come away with a bronze medal. Firstly, you know what was that trip like for you, though, coming over here to Australia, big crowd atmosphere? Did, did you enjoy that? Yeah. I mean, um, I love the crowd. I love the pressure. I love everything about that sort of stuff. Um, I didn't actually get selected on the team, the Commonwealth Games team originally. I was... I wasn't selected um, at the first selection. They told me that um, I might get selected later because I didn't actually achieve a qualifying time mm-hmm. uh, when when they selected the team. So I I pretty much spent the whole summer not knowing if I was going to go, but had to train as if I was going. Mm-hmm. And then when I came over, I sort of felt like I didn't have pressure on myself, but you know I was the underdog. No one no one knew who I was. Yeah. I was this guy. I was just this eighteen year old kid um, swimming in a and a 400 IM. Um, so I, I was pretty confident with myself. I didn't really care what other people thought. I was, I was in the zone. I was having fun with the boys and yeah, just managed to swim, swim pretty well. Well, <laughs> yeah. Hey, talk to me about, uh, the mindset and you, you just sort of mentioned it there. You had to train as if you were going, but you didn't know if you were going, was that easy for you to do? Um, definitely not. It was, it was reasonably stressful. I mean, I don't get stressed very often i don't think but it was it was hard because you know i could have gone it was that was my last year of school so i could have gone to the equivalent of schoolies in new zealand and (laughs) gone to rmv which rhythm and vines is what we call it um and and gone and partied the whole summer but i couldn't because i if i had been selected for the commonwealth games team i knew definitely knew well that i i didn't want to let let um, let let myself down, yeah. and I wanted to give myself like the best opportunity to swim fast and prove that you know I deserve to be on the team. Mate, certainly something you know I've sort of realised here going through your research uh, is that there's a, certainly a trend here, and it's always that you manage to step up and surprise people in the big moments. And I mentioned, you know, that you did it again here and, and grabbing a PB and, and obviously a bronze medal. How did you find racing on the Gold Coast at those games? Obviously, you went in, as you said, with, with nothing to lose and, and everything to sort of prove. I actually struggled quite a lot um, purely because of the backstroke. Um, I did swim into lame rope in the heats of the 400 IM, so I definitely struggled um, purely because of the fact it was outdoors. It was better at night, um, but it was raining, I think, during my 400 IM final. But it was... It was pretty cool because it was it's close to home. You know, Aussies are pretty much family to us mm. to a certain point until the rugby rugby <laughs> comes on. Um, Absolutely. Or the cricket. Uh, you know, they're like a yeah, all the cricket, true that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was it was pretty cool. I had uh, my family was all there. I didn't really get to see them, um, but just purely for the fact that you know I was with my mates, even though were, you know Matt Stanley and Dan Hunter, all those sort of guys are quite a bit older than me. They you know, they welcomed me into the team mm. and, you know, made me feel at home, which was, which was made it 
well, it made it so much better mm. for me. Mate, what is it about those big moments that you enjoyed the most? I mean, we'll get to you know another example in a minute with with the world champs, but give me a little insight into your mindset before a big race. Clearly, you don't mind the pressure. Clearly, you don't mind that that big race atmosphere because you seem to thrive on it. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Eh? It's it's pretty enjoyable. Um, you know, showing the world what you've got. You train, you know, twelve months a year, or twelve. You know, you, you train all year round. And you don't really get to show what you've got um, very often. Mm. And when you do, you know, I love, I love, I love to, to to show how much I've improved or to show what I've been working on for for the last twelve months. So um, yeah, it's it's pretty enjoyable being able to do that. Do you keep it pretty simple in your mind in terms of when you walk out there? You, is it just all right? It's go time. Let's go. Do you are you going through your processes? What what do you think about when you walk out on pool deck? Um, I can't really, I can't really remember to be honest. There's, there's, I, I know that there isn't much going through my head apart from whatever. Yeah, the song that's going, that's that's playing through the, the headphones mm. or or whatever else. There's, there's not really much to be honest. <laughs> I'm pretty relaxed, pretty chill. Yeah, don't don't have a whole lot to to say or to think about. And obviously that. Have you had any moments where you you weren't in that position and and you realised okay this isn't going to work for me. I, I need to make sure I'm a lot more uh, clear headed and relaxed. Um, not really. I think maybe at our trials for the world champs because I was I was I couldn't even lift my arm up without. I had a I don't know what I had. I must have done something in the gym, but I had a sore shoulder. Mm. And I was running on Panadol because I I was I was that sore, <laughs> so I had yeah. a few shoulder issues, and I was like, crap! Like, I wanted to get the boys' relay team um, across the line to to qualify for for um, Korea, but didn't actually know if I could I could swim. <laughs> so I I pulled out of everything, everything else, and just swam the the turn of free and managed to get the boys across the line, and we got the team on the. Uh, to go over to Korea, which was pretty sweet. Yeah, nice. Mate, we mentioned just before the tunes that are going in your head, and I, I know I, I re-watched your 400 from last year's World Chance before, and I noted you came out with the with the headphones on. What is your pre-race playlist? What does it look like? Um, so it's changed a lot since 2019, I can tell you that much, yeah. to, to now, to what I was probably going to be listening to at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did listen to a lot of rap, Mm-hmm. and and like travis scott just to pump myself up yep. um but more recently uh one of the boys zach reed is uh, had, uh also someone on the aqua blacks team he um he absolutely drilled me with dmb drum and bass okay yeah. and so that's that's the go in new zealand now if you're a if you're a teenager or you're at university that's um that's what everyone's listening to so it's it's I quite enjoy it now. I've yeah. I've learned to acquire the taste yeah. and acquire the, the sound. Um, it, it it definitely is pretty full on, but it, it definitely pump, pumps you up as well. Very nice. I've written it down. I'm going to start doing some research. I'm a bit older than you guys, so you know, for me, sometimes it's just the old rock and roll type stuff. But uh, I, I like to I like to keep abreast of what you guys are up to, what you're doing. Um, mate, talk to me about your coach, Gary Hollywood. What, what's he like as a coach, and and how's he helped you with your career and, and taking it to the next level? Yeah, he's um, when he first came in 2016, he was uh, he was definitely very strict, and he laid the law pretty pretty quick on us. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he I didn't I mean I had no idea much about swimming in 2016 uh, I didn't know what anyone else was doing in the world I'd never ever traveled mm. and when he came he pretty much told me what's up and I react I feel like I reacted pretty quickly and I I trusted him with what he was saying mm. and so he I mean he's an interesting character um, as it is if you if, if you ever meet him he he he, he's very interesting and he, he definitely takes um, he, the type of person to understand what he's saying. Um, you know, it's, it's the way he, he comes across is, is a lot different to, I think most coaches mm. even throughout Australia. Mm. Yeah. He, he was, am I correct in saying he did do a bit of coaching over here in Australia? Yeah, I think, I don't know where he was. He was in, he was in somewhere in, I feel like in the middle of Australia, and he said it was like 40 degrees and <laughs> there was like no humidity. So it was actually pretty good. But yeah. yeah, he was in the middle of nowhere, I think, apparently. So <laughs> he was he was pretty happy to come back to New Zealand, even if it's, you know, five degrees during the winter. <laughs> yes, yes. Mate, is there anything about Gary that we might not see? And, and I know you guys get to see on Pool Decker. Does he have any quirks? Oh, that's a good question. He He loves to talk. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that that's his like thing. He loves talking. Once you get him talking, he'll talk for hours. Mm-hmm. One of the boys was standing on the side of the pool a couple of days ago for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Got to have a hot, pretty much the whole training session just because he was talking to Kaz. So <laughs> that's his trait. That's I was going to say, is that something uh, you swimmers play up a little bit? And, you know, if you get him talking, you might be able to get out of a bit of a recovery. Hundred percent. We drive it. We drive it right up his alley. We we keep asking questions, and he loves it. <laughs> <laughs> now, mate, I'll, I'll get to the massive swim at World Champs in, in a moment. But first, I want I want to try to get a little bit more insight into you know your race plan for a four hundred IM. What do you and and Gary talk about in terms of the best way to to go about racing it for you? Yeah, I guess for me um, in warm up, we we do a lot of pacing and we do a lot of. Um, individual splits so we work off 50s mm-hmm. so 50s we, we try make we always try make the second 50 faster than um than the first apart from obviously butterfly mm-hmm. um but it's all for me it's all about working those those weak strokes so for backstroke uh try not to try not to get to like lose that lose the the speed that i just you know had off the butterfly because yeah. butterfly i'm usually pretty good mm-hmm. um so backstroke, try not to lose too much, and then breaststroke, I've pretty much that's that's max swimming for me. Like that's I have to go as fast as I can on the breaststroke, <laughs> and it doesn't matter if I leave nothing in the tank because I know that my breaststroke, um, well, there's a lot of really good breaststrokers that do for in vain. Yeah. So um, I've got a lot to lose there in terms of that part of the race, um, and then freestyle, not much works. In terms of your body, the last hundred meters, but um, yeah, it's just whatever you've got left. Just bring it home. Hope for the best. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Mate, huge year two thousand and nineteen for you, as I said, and and you swim the race of your life um, to to once again reach the podium at World Champs in South Korea for the four hundred IM, and you get a bronze medal. Now, Commonwealth Games is one thing, and and that was a huge achievement, but you know, World Champs is a whole other league. What was that experience like for you going there? And, and once again, as I said, you know, go, stepping up um, and, and making it count. Yeah, it was a little bit different to Commonwealth Games purely for the fact that I was only swimming pretty much one event. I did the men's relay. Um, 
but I pretty much only swam the men's 400 AM. And it was a little bit weird for me because it was on the last day. Yeah. So day eight or something, I, I think. Yeah, literally, whatever the last day was, yeah. that was it. We, I was on the that was on the last day, mm. so it was it was hard to hang around and and not get involved um, too much with the team because all I wanted to do was go and watch everyone else swim, but I didn't get to do it at all. Mm. I didn't go to the main pool once during the competition until I was racing, so I went to the to the training pool which was at some university, I think, which was, was actually a really nice pool. I was pretty jealous I didn't get to train there every day. <laughs> but it was – so it was a lot quieter because in the main pool during the competition, even on the last day that I, that we were there, was just mayhem. Absolute – it was a scene and a half. Yeah. We, it, was like, it was like our national age groups with the amount of people that were there and all the countries – um, we're sitting in the same spot. No one got, you know, priority over anything. We were all, um, we all, everyone had to fight for their, um, their spot, where to sit and where to stretch. So mm-hmm. it was definitely pretty interesting in that, um, in that, I guess, regard. But for me, it was, I, you know, I, I train in that every day. I train with twenty-two other people, yeah. um, in my squad. So I was, I was pretty, pretty comfortable in terms of, um, you know. The, the amount of people that, that were there. I'm not sure if many other people were, were that stoked about it. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, you know, it was it was like every other day for me. I was I was stoked to be there. I was stoked to see all the, all the big boys, um, you know, mucking around. The USA guys were loud as usual, chanting USA. Um, so it was, it, was, it was pretty fun being there. And we were sitting next to Australians um, and across from the Aussies. So, you know, we... We had, um, you know, we got to talk to everyone and have a yarn, and it was it was pretty cool just to, to be there and experience it. To be honest, in terms of the race itself, mate, I, I as I said, I rewatched it just before, and um, you know, one of the the new things uh, in recent years is obviously walking out with the music and the you know the lights and, and the big show and the 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 steam or the mist or whatever it is that sprays across the the entrance as you as you walk out. <laughs> You know, what was that like for you? Did do you enjoy that sort of um, you know, big match feel? Yeah, I mean it's pretty sweet. I uh not a lot of the or a few of the guys that are in the race uh love to talk mm. before before we get out there and race. So um I heard Zach Subdy Cook was saying that, you know, not a lot a lot of the British Chokers enjoy to talk before the race, but yeah. I think for and JM is quite 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 the opposite. We're all sort of chatting or if, there's a few quiet ones, but um, a lot of the guys love to have a chat. Um, Jay Liverland, who's swims for the US, is um, a proud Kiwi. I, I like to say um, he's got Kiwi, Kiwi blood in him. He yeah. loves to have a have a chat, and and I think that's uh, he he enjoys you know having a chat with other people. I think it makes must make him relaxed and ready for the race. So I'm the same. I love having a chat, and the walkout is probably the the most fun. You get the you get the the rush of blood through through your body and it's the feeling is is pretty surreal even though you can't hear anything or the crowd or the the chair or whatever the music's too loud for at that point (laughs) mate you certainly look like you're enjoying it and you're flashing some signs there some what what, what were you signaling to the to the camera (laughs) yeah so there used to be this thing in new zealand where you like you you do some random hand signal on your face and then you slap your camera um on your phone take Mm -hmm. a video like sending snapchats um and I 
I did it because that's what all the the younger boys in the squad used to do. Yeah. And I sort of I sort of did it just to take the piss out of them. But um, yeah, some people were saying, you know, you, we thought you were you you swiped your face and then pointed up to the to the crowd, and we thought you were showboating. But I, I was sort of just <laughs> taking the piss of the of the younger boys, and and maybe I was doing a little bit of showboating. I don't know. I was having fun. <laughs> hey, you look like you're enjoying yourself. That's for sure. And you know, you, you dive in, and obviously, swim as I said, you know. The, the race of your life, massive PB. I think you took the fly out really well and managed to, as you said, hold through the backstroke and not lose too much momentum. You know, what was that race for you like when you're in the middle of it, you're you're amongst it, what was your mindset like? Um, I mean, did I, I don't really know a whole lot. Mm. Um, it's sort of all a blur, but I know that, after the first hundred, um, I was next to Jade Liverland and his those guys' turns are really good. Yeah. And I'm a little bit behind the ballpark in the turn in the turning area. Um, but I remember being in front of him after the butterfly and just trying to, you know, stay with him in the backstroke mm. and then they all sort of overtook me in the breaststroke mm. and um, I couldn't really see much in the freestyle. Like he was blocking my whole view. Mm. So I, I couldn't see anyone else in the race apart from him. And he, Jay had just absolutely smoked me out of the park in the freestyle. I think he went a couple of seconds faster than me on the last lap. Yeah, he was chasing down Seto, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was chasing down Seto and I was just trying to not die. And I couldn't see anyone else on the other side of the, the pool. So I was just assumed that I'd just been absolutely rolled in the last hundred by everyone. Um, so I didn't know what where i was in the race or what position i was i knew that the guy on the outside of me um he was behind me so at least i was beating one person <laughs> <laughs> so so i didn't really know until i i guess i touched the wall and i i saw someone touch just after me on the other side of the pool and then um i looked up at the board and it was third place at a 412 and i was like sweet yeah <laughs> how good was that <laughs> yeah i must admit i, I mean I, I didn't get to see a lot of your reaction after it because the the footage i watched was from the americans so obviously they they were more centered around the middle uh two yeah. centers but it, it did look like from what i saw that you were pretty chuffed with that and obviously you know so often we talk about um certainly here on the podcast you know what success means to different people and Certain people get a silver medal and it's a failure because they're after gold. Certain people, you know, for yourself, you you know, you've managed to get a bronze medal on the world stage at world champs. Um, and to you, that was just like, you know, winning as well. Was that a great moment for you? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I never really come back, um, you know, hoping that I get a medal. I mean, I mean, I hope that I get a medal, sorry, but I never really come back while well, going there wanting specifically to get a medal. Expected. I go there chasing it. Yeah, I go there chasing a time, yeah. and that's what I go for. Um, I actually was chasing a little bit, chasing a time that was a little bit faster than a four twelve, but mm -hmm. um, that's a story for another time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I was, I was. The fact that I got the medal was surprising as it is, knowing um, you know the talent that was in that race mm. and the talent that was in the heats, I should say. Um, one of the Americans chase wasn't didn't actually make the final, which was quite surprising for me yeah and when after after coming back from the heats um i you have to walk down this huge you have to walk around the whole pool or under the pool and then outside and it's like a whole kilometer it was like the longest walk ever <laughs> um but i remember um matt wilson's coach I can't remember his name right now Adam anyway Adam. he he came up 
yeah, Cable. He he um he came up to me and he was like, Chase Kalish didn't make the final, and I was like, you're kidding me. Mm. And he was like, yeah, you've got a medal shot, and I was like, shit, <laughs> I could I could I, I I could do like yeah, yeah. like it sort of it, it made me realize that yeah maybe I I do have a medal shot at this even though it wasn't really about the medal it was just the fact that um you know an Aussie coach had come up to me and had said you know you've got a good shot here you know you better better take it mm. so it's exactly what I did <laughs> absolutely you did now mate you, you were named NZ swimmer of the year for the last two years what sort of an honor is that is that for you yeah I mean it's pretty awesome being um, named swimmer of the year over the likes of you know Sophie Pascoe who's you know gets award records every single year yeah. uh, in the para para disciplines so um, I was I was quite surprised the fact that you know she she didn't get it um, and and Erica Fairweather who had just come back with a, a I think she got a gold I don't know and the and the, the world juniors so mm. you know we we do have a lot of talent in New Zealand and it's it's pretty surreal getting getting a I guess a, a trophy like that or an accomplishment like that um, but for me. Um, I guess I I get one, one, one time or one trophy, and I always, you know, I shoot for the next one. So it's always short lived for me. I, a lot of the boys, um, they 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 put you down right where back where you belong mm. after you get something, and they 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 keep you moving for the next one. So um, yeah, for me, it's all about getting the next one. But it's always pretty pretty sweet to celebrate the the ones you get along the way. Mate, what do you get up to away from the pool? So obviously we're slowly getting back into it now, but you know, when you're in full swing, what do you get up to to take your mind away from from swimming? Um, specifically over lockdown, I can say that I probably played like six hours of Call of Duty a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that was what I got up to over lockdown. Um, not quite as much Call of Duty at the moment, but I, I study part time university at mm -hmm. Victoria. University of Wellington. Oh, nice. Not Victoria University of Victoria, Australia. Yeah, it was yeah. Victoria University of Wellington. <laughs> um, so just part-time um, study, uh, just to, that pretty much takes my mind off. What are you studying? Everything. Yeah, uh, commerce, Bachelor oh, nice. of Commerce, majoring majoring in information systems and management. Very nice. Yeah. Now, mate, you mentioned there, obviously, you know, studying, how do you find the balance? So often, you know, a lot of our listeners are, are students going to school, going to university, things like that. How, what about for yourself? How do you find the balance between, you know, training at an elite level, but also making sure you, you're getting your studies right? Yeah, for me, it was, it was pretty hard during school. Um, I definitely struggled in terms of staying awake um, because I was obviously I was training in the morning. I go to school all day and then have to go straight to the pool after that. So I guess during my school years or towards the end, it was definitely reasonably hard. But once I left school and I started university, my load wasn't as big as school. So I didn't, I don't, I don't, oh, I don't have to go into uni um, as often. I probably only have to go in once or twice a week. Mm. And so I can, I can sort of build my whole schedule around swimming. And that's that's what I do. So my, obviously, swimming is the the priority, and universities um, just comes along for the ride. And, and I pretty much, um, if I can't, if, if something's on during swimming, or if I've got, you know, I don't know, an assignment on that I need to finish during um, during a swimming session, it 
swimming always comes first and and quite a lot of lecturers and um people at the university understand that and they they support me around that but also quite a lot of them don't really understand that Mm. and lucky for me i've got quite a lot of support from um outside the university and also quite a lot of sport inside the university with the sport Mm. so um i do have a lot of bargaining power um to for them to you know for to if if a lecturer doesn't doesn't really want to support uh, me as a swimmer and to do to do what I I do, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting point you make, and I find quite often um, when I ask that question to to swimmers and especially the the junior swimmers coming through, um, a, a lot of it is based around you know how well they're supported by their schools or their universities, and as you said, they can either make life really easy for you and and make it a lot. Um, the transition a lot smoother or they can, they can make life a lot harder for you, as you mentioned with sort of people not sort of supporting you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely can make life life harder. I've, I've definitely met a lot of the boys at school that, that teachers made their life a lot harder than it should have been. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now I like to uh, finish up some of our chats with less serious questions and they're sort of rapid fire questions, but I think sometimes they give us a, a really good insight into you know, who you are outside of the pool and, and what you get up to. And um, so what, what I'm going to do is I'll just chuck them out at you and then whatever comes to your mind first, just throw the throw the answer out there. Sweet. All Sounds right. good. So what about your favourite music is? Uh, D&B, mm-hmm. specifically uh, probably I think it's Heartbeat by or Heartbeat by Andy C, D&B song. <laughs> Very nice. What about favourite movie? Uh, Captain Phillips. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is that the uh, Tom am, Hanks? Yeah, the one that he goes, I am the captain now. I am that's the captain now, yes. Actually, <laughs> I haven't thought about that movie in a long time. That is a really good movie. Uh, what about, yeah. mate, your biggest fear? Ooh, failing university. <laughs> <laughs> we can blame it's those. A fear I've had. We can blame those teachers that weren't very supportive. <laughs> Um, <laughs> mate, what about obviously, you know, as a swimmer, as an athlete, we love our feeds. What about your favorite meal? I love a good pie. Mm. Can't go wrong. I'm a, I'm a good critic on pies as well. One oh, of the yeah. boys actually in Australia, um, Matt Stanley owns a, owns Cuzzy Pies. Okay. So, um, yeah, he, he loved, he, when I was over there, he, he, he makes some bloody good pies oh, and, nice. My favorite one of those was the the pepper pepper pie. The pepper pie. Where do you get yeah, those? Where do you get those pies from? In the Gold Coast, okay. um, I think I think he does the, the Sunday markets. Mm-hmm. A lot of the Sunday markets, and he also has a a hole in the wall on the main the main drag okay. that opens up when you want to when you go clubbing. So, oh, there you go for all the listeners out there, yeah. especially the ones on the Gold Coast. <laughs> if you're after a a good pie, you know where to go. <laughs> Um, yeah. You visited some uh, amazing countries, and we, we've already touched on a few of them. Obviously, with the Bahamas and Hawaii. You know, what what are your favourite countries that you visited? I guess, um, in terms of locations, definitely the Bahamas. Mm. Uh, just because, purely because we got to go swimming with the um, the turtles and everything. Um, so I'd say I'll probably say Bahamas. Yeah. Man, I am very jealous. When I was reading that you'd been to the Bahamas, yeah, definitely, definitely a bit of jealousy kicked in. Uh, what about yeah. favorite TV show to binge watch? Um, I I've been I've recently binge watched watched the Last Dance, the Michael Jordan yes, series. How good, which was 
which was so good. Um, but before that, my probably my the, my favorite one was Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah, <laughs> equally yeah, as good for classic. different reasons, but yeah, very, very yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mate. You mentioned a game before. Uh, what's your favorite games to play? Uh, probably at the moment, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, purely for the fact that everyone I know plays it and that's the only game that everyone's playing at the moment. Mm. So waiting for season four at the moment. I've delayed it, but it's coming out. I'm going to get onto it. <laughs> what, what are you like uh, on, on the banter, on the microphones? Do you, do you get into it? Do you block it out? I know, um, who was I talking to the other day? I was talking to someone who said they had to block it out, otherwise they, they'd get too fired up. Oh, I love it, eh? That's the best part. Yeah. <laughs> Playing with the boys, you know, doing a doing a three v three with the boys um, is the best part. Talking talking shit is the is the only reason you probably play it. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent, mate. We'll finish there with uh, what about your favourite quote? Do you do you have a quote that you've been given from a coach, or maybe you come across it? Do you have a quote that you you always look back on? Yeah, I guess I do. My um, one of my old principals, or one of my first principals at school. Um, said once or on the last day of his last day of being principal at our school he said if it's meant to be it's up to me mm-hmm. so that's probably my my favorite quote that's probably stuck with me since i was eight years old mm. yeah <laughs> very nice i like that one i've written that down um <laughs> mate when we redo this interview in in say two or three years time you know what accomplishments would you like me to to be adding to that intro and obviously it was a, a, already a really good intro but is there anything you'd like me to be adding at the top about you yeah i guess um olympic medals always on the on the cards mm. um but i think the main thing is you know helping swimming new zealand um get back on their on their feet and trying to help produce um, cons- consistently um, Olympic, Olympic like really good Olympic swimmers, mm-hmm. and that's the goal because it's the talent. There's so much talent in New Zealand; um, it's unbelievable. But um, you know, our athletes don't get the best opportunities mm-hmm. as as other countries. You know, there's not a lot of money in swimming. There's not a lot of funding um, behind behind it, and there's not. I guess there's not a lot. Of, not a lot of knowledge, mm-hmm. I believe, um, in the swimming community. So a lot, a lot of our um, swimmers end up going over to the States or to Australia mm-hmm. for, for better opportunities. Um, and, you know, I don't blame them going over, over there, but it'd be cool to, to develop some swimmers here in New Zealand and get some, get some medals through, uh, through, you know, being developed in New Zealand. Absolutely, mate. A hundred percent agree with you. And I think that's a perfect spot to, to wrap it up, mate. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on for a chat. And I know you guys, as we touched on, are slowly starting to get back into training now. So I, I appreciate you taking the time to, to come on and have a chat with us. And I, I hope a lot of our listeners, both from New Zealand and Australia, really get behind you after this chat. And I think you're going to be a superstar, mate. And I, I love what you're doing for New Zealand swimming at the moment. So keep up the phenomenal work and hopefully we can stay in touch and and get you back on for another chat somewhere down the track, mate. But until then, thank you very much for coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Today's episode of Off The Block Swimming Podcast is proudly sponsored, as always, by Pro Swim Workouts. A massive thank you to both the NZ boys this week, Brad Ashby and Lewis Clairbert. It was an absolute pleasure to have the boys on, and I hope you all enjoyed their stories as much as I did bringing them to you. Now, don't forget for all our New Zealand listeners out there, the Arena NZ competition giveaway starts today on Instagram. 
All you need to do is make sure you are following Arena NZ and Off The Block Swimming Podcast on Instagram. Head to our Off The Blocks Insta page, find that competition giveaway post, and in the comments, you've got to tag a friend and tell us which New Zealand star of the pool you would like to see coming on Off The Block Swimming Podcast in Season 3. You will then go in the running to win the fantastic arena pack valued at $250. Includes a backpack, kickboard, racing goggles. It is that simple. So all our New Zealand listeners out there, what are you waiting for? Jump on Instagram right now and enter. Now, if you thought we went out of the country this week for our guests, make sure you don't miss next week's episode as I go one-on-one with Great Britain and Scotland's best, toughest, and nicest swimmers in the last decade, Miss Hannah Miley. Cracking chat with one of the more genuine people of our sport. She has been inspiring her country for more than 10 years, so this is definitely an episode you will not want to miss. Until then, though, guys, have a great weekend. Look after one another, and it's bye for now. I just want to-